3: any disease Hi,
4: am amy that's lisa and we're just two girls that want to have a conversation with you dear 16 year old andrea hey gorgeous dear younger lauren each episode is stories from
5: people i would deprive myself weigh myself obsessively because i was eating healthy i couldn't understand that i had a problem with food
2: losing my period scared me the most my story starts
4: when i was around seven that's when i started to hate my body Body image
2: is like our inner picture of our outer self. Healthy behaviors play a much bigger role in our health than the actual number on the scales. Internal dialogue can be so powerful and often it's super negative and critical in a way that we wouldn't talk to other people that we care about.
4: When you start to share your story, that gives other people the courage to share theirs. I know you would
2: be proud now of how far you have come in your relationship to food, exercise, and to
1: yourself.
5: I felt freedom. I've gained relationships. I've found my true sense of self-worth there's one thing i need you to take away from this you're going to be okay welcome to an episode of outweigh today you're getting me and amy hi amy hey Good to be back. Today we're joined with Alexis. You can find her on Instagram at wellness Alexis. And Alexis is a black content creator who is 21 years old and recently stopped dieting. And I'm excited to have Alexis on because I feel like not many people stop dieting at 21 years old. Oftentimes people start dieting at 21, but to have already been through a cycle and publicly make a hard stop for reasons that we'll learn, I think is just really fascinating so Alexis can you tell us a little bit about when it started for you and why
2: Of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being able to talk to you. So my diet cycle started in about a year and a half ago in my sorority house while I was living there in college, where a lot of women were, of course, dieting, you know, had various like eating, disordered eating patterns. Like when you have 50 girls all living in a house together, anyone can say that it's a little difficult to be there. But I hadn't really been exposed to a diet culture before that. So when people were doing this very popular F-factor diet, my sorority was largely girls from New York City and the outlying suburbs. So it had sort of taken that culture to the Midwest. And I decided to learn a little bit more about the diet and then ultimately tried it for myself while I was alone in quarantine. And it led to some pretty disordered eating thoughts and patterns for me. So over the summer when a lot of first racial justice issues started returning to the forefront. And second, a lot of people started talking about their experience with this diet being negative. I sort of felt a little bit more empowered to end my long-term relationship with this diet and move out of caring about what I ate and try and channel that energy into becoming a better person and advocating for issues that really mattered to me.
4: I like that you're bringing that up because for me, when I was able to let go of whatever it is I was doing, and I've been at it way longer, my dieting started probably, I don't remember the exact age, but somewhere around 12, 13, and then I'm almost 40. And I feel like I'm just now getting a handle on it. But the brain space that is freed up, And then the energy you have to focus on things that are way more important than how many calories were just in that half of a roll that you ate and trying to enter it into MyFitnessPal or whatever you're using. I think of all the time I wasted doing that. So for you to have that at such a time where, yes, your brain space and the capacity you have for all the change you can make with your voice then is now free to do the stuff that's important.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's what's most freeing about it is, like, in these last, like, two years of college, I was really just obsessed with a few things like with being the smartest and best and prettiest and coolest like I think that's an underlying thing in the culture I was in at Northwestern it's like you can't be trying too hard but you have to be everything and everyone else is everything too and everyone would like come downstairs to eat to prove that they didn't care what they looked like but they still had like these perfect or quote perfect like society standard bodies so I was really mentally confused and, and a little obsessed with it because I was like, I don't understand like why we're all acting like this is so easy when it's really just not. I think
5: that the diet itself doesn't even matter other than the fact that it provided structure and it's similar to many other diets out there. Like Amy was doing macro counting kind of recently. And for me, they kind of like feel like the same type of diet because they're telling you that you can eat and you should be eating, but they have all these rules as to what, how much and all that stuff so for you though was it for
2: health or was it for body control or both so I think it comes down to a few things so I have MS so like health has always been on my mind since I was diagnosed when I was 15 that's one part of it The other part is like being a size six in a size four world. I wanted to sort of feel more comfortable going out. I still have a lot of privilege in the way my body looks, but like at that time, that's sort of what I was searching for. And the third and I think the most important part that I don't think I recognized until afterwards is that my whole life, I've come from a low income family and I was lucky enough to get scholarships to private schools for my entire education. I had a really great high school and college education. And for me, that also meant Parting and having all these issues with my identity as a mixed person and being Black in a very white world because private schools are largely, you're going to be the only Black person there. So for me, it was also a transition and a want and a need for not only to be accepted by white people, but also to have the access to financial mobility that I had so desperately wanted for my entire life. And even though when I started F Factor, I had the big job, the big name schools, everything that you could like want on paper, it didn't matter because I wasn't thin. And I, therefore, I didn't feel like I was going to be accepted by this like rich white environment that I felt like I needed to be in, in order to get the money and financial security to provide for like my family. Super
5: fascinating to hear that. Were you one of the only few black people in Northwestern or in at at your private schools?
2: At my private schools? Yes, I went to a boarding school outside of St. Louis, which was largely white and Asian. And I went there for six years. And I was one of like, there was never more than three black people at the school at a time. So that was difficult. I think the Asian community has its own diet culture issues. But It didn't affect me too much until I got to college and was in a white sorority. So there was a lot of Black people at Northwestern, but... In my experience, it wasn't a very united Black community. Northwestern doesn't do rush until January. So, my first quarter, I had Black friends. My boyfriend is Black and he has a great network of Black friends as well, but I didn't find my group. So, that's why I decided to go through recruitment. And there was a lot of like, you know, racial issues like playing out in that time that we don't need to get into, but I still. Upon joining the group, it was like top tier sorority. Meghan Markle was in it. Like I did feel a sense of like acceptance in that one, and I was like, okay, like I I can do this. Like I've I'm I'm doing it all. I'm getting another name. I'm getting another accolade. I'm getting another like signal that I'm being accepted by these people. Therefore. I will be able to become one of them at some point, which was just like, I was just emulating that instead of really like trying to be myself, you know, embracing my actual like upbringing. So I felt like that was why I decided to go ahead and do that.
4: So I just realized side notes, we might be sorority we sisters. Are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mine was a very long time this? ago.
2: Kappa Gamma. Look, look
4: at you guys, you know, (laughs) light blue, dark blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that for you, since it came through your experience, uh, I think that's where you were introduced to this particular diet. What was that like? I don't know again and this might be too personal your home life like or or anybody that wasn't in that world mm-hmm. what was it like did they see you making changes or that transition what were those conversations like because mm-hmm. anytime I was trying something new I was bringing it into my family and my home and they just weren't yeah. they didn't get it I mean they tolerated it but it disrupted things because I wouldn't eat mm-hmm. the meals my dad would cook right and it was sad mm-hmm. because I would prepare my own food and bring it or I just wouldn't eat and so how did it affect your your home life or any relationships you had not in the world you were currently
2: in? So I think there's like two other worlds that I was living in and one was with my like non-Greek life friends at Northwestern and the other was with my like family when I would come home and family when I would come home like I said we're a low income family lots of health issues there's lots of obesity in my family so I was definitely afraid. Isn't there six kids?
5: Eight kids. I have seven siblings. Okay so I just thought that was important to mention and I was off by two kids okay. yes yeah.
2: that's the thing is that's why food never really was like something i feared was because like we just had to get fed you know like it was a lot of kids we had to figure it out like it was like if we're gonna get mcdonald's tonight it's not because we're like stupid and we don't know what to eat it's because there's eight of us it's 8 30 p.m and we need to go to bed so we can go to school tomorrow my mom has always been a huge advocate of education she's just like getting her phd right now She's very intelligent. We just had a lot of bad luck when it came to money over the last, like, ever since the housing crisis. So, since then, like food in my family hadn't been like a big fear of mine. So, when I came home, I would just eat what everyone else ate because, like, I knew that, like, there wasn't a reason for me to sit here and be like, oh, well, we need to do something different. Like, because it wasn't, it's not feasible for my 30, like, seven year old mom of eight to make everybody like perfect meals all the time. She does a really good job with what she has, and that's what matters to me. So at home, it didn't really affect it. In my friends outside of Greek life at Northwestern, including like my boyfriend, and I have two really close guy friends, one of them had had a girlfriend with a really bad eating disorder, and it had taken over his life for over a year. So after he got out of that relationship, he would notice my disordered eating patterns and he would say things about it. And I would be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what it's like to be a a girl. You don't know what it's like to do this. Like you say this, but then you only like talk to skinny girls anyway. So like basically shut up, like you don't understand. And we, we also had another third friend who, he wouldn't say things, but he would notice and like make offhand comments. But guys are not like confrontational ones who sit down with you when they notice you're having these issues. And I always tried to come across as very put together, so I didn't really let anyone see when I was struggling with it or made comments about, like, my own body, you know? So it came out in those two ways, but at home, like I said, not really a big issue, but some of my close friends could notice when things were wrong. My boyfriend always tried to be supportive, but... He's, he's great. He tried his best. Yeah.
5: There's so much kind of happening from, you know, an MS diagnosis where you start focusing on health at 15 to going to college and you describe yourself as always being like smart. That was your identity. How did that translate into your type A personality that does, you know, only gets A's? How did that translate into doing a diet?
2: So the smart identity had been there for a long time and I think I held on to it for a while because I didn't have money in high school for reference. It was like billionaires at my high school. Like it was like people were carrying Birkins to class at 15. So for me, that's why money became such a big fear for me is because I was like at the other end of the spectrum. So that's why I held on to being intelligent and getting into a really good college. And in college, getting a really good job, getting the best internships, getting into doing like these leadership positions. So When I had all of that, when I didn't have anything else to focus on because I had a job post-grad and I was graduating from Northwestern and I had a boyfriend destroy all my leadership positions had finished, I was done. That's when dieting took over because it was like, this is something that I haven't mastered. I've tried to focus on for the last four years to look a certain way and I haven't been able to do it. So since i have everything else this is the one thing i need to master in order to be the person that i want to be and That person, however, wasn't really what I wanted to be. It's what I thought people needed me to be, or it's what I thought society wanted me to be so that I could be accepted by everyone. Turns out that's never going to happen. So who really cares if I eat pasta or not, you know? So that's sort of how it tied into each other.
5: And I think like there's some structure to it as well that college for me was like a very confusing time, but also the time that I took control of my food because nobody was watching. And I could also wake up at whatever time I want and, you know, eat lunch, maybe never, but go as long as I wanted to. So I think, was there some element of structure that kind of spoke to you?
2: For sure. Like I said, my mom and family, like as much as I love them, did not know anything about nutrition or calories or macros or... Literally anything. So I didn't really feel as though I was had a good, like, foundational understanding of food outside of like basic meals. So when I was in college, I like ate at the dining hall, ate in my sorority house. Even when I didn't live in the house, I still ate there because the food was immaculate. We had a great chef. <laughs> and I was always there eating. And so When I didn't have the sorority house anymore, and I was cooking for myself for like probably the second time in my life, I'd had one summer where I had to cook for myself and my boyfriend basically did it all because he's a star and very good at cooking. So when the pandemic hit, it was like, all right, you're cooking for yourself now. There's no no Kappa house to go eat at. That's when I was like, all right, well, this is a structure I can get behind. I can focus on this. So when we were doing our panic shopping, that's all the stuff I bought. I was like, I can adhere to this structure. It's perfect. I can't, I won't have to leave the house. I can do it. And that is definitely true. And I think it's been hard when you come out of that to know if your structure is a diet structure that you're just like re-engineering and saying you like, because it's the only thing you've ever done, or if you actually like the foods that you are cooking for yourself. So That's why it's been nice for me. Like, luckily, I have good enough insurance where I can meet with a dietitian. So that's been really helpful for me. But adding structure to food still feels very scary for me because of how to the extreme that I took it just as few as like, a few months ago.
5: That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of even, Amy, to think about like all the people. We started Outweigh this podcast right before the pandemic hit. Yeah, well, we recorded it in March. It went
4: live in April. Throughout the entire month, we were releasing an episode and almost to where at times I felt sort of tone deaf to what was happening, but we knew, okay, well, this is fitting a specific need. And actually, maybe some of these stories will be helpful for people to hear during this time because they have the time to listen. Old habits might be rearing their heads, so maybe this will be helpful, but it was a really weird time for us to release it, but also kind of perfect.
5: And now we're going to have a whole new group of people that needed even more, who kind of got on like an expedited disordered eating or eating disorder train because so many people lost elements of control when the pandemic hit and therefore gravitated towards the one thing they could control, or that feels like control, I should say. It's never actually control, it's the illusion of of control that keeps us captive and that's something that we just need to kind of be on the lookout because I think very few people kind of woke up in June like Alexis and said this isn't a a normal thing that I'm doing and I want to fix it.
4: So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part. Let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's Luxurious Bedding. Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear. So if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew. And it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far... Take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Outway at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out. <sighs>
1: Offer subject to change, valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
5: What I think is really interesting about the diet that you were on, and I think this can extend again to any diet, is that this diet has a book, and there was a way to follow the founder on social media and see what she was doing. And so you read the book, like, front and back right every single page took notes knew it yes
2: of course I had read it actually the summer before because I was introduced to it in February 2019 and then I had the powders and I but I was living in the sorority house so I couldn't control my food and then the summer I was working at a place where they gave you three meals a day so I didn't do it then but I was reading the book at the time and trying to implement the principles but it's like It was my first summer in New York City, so I wasn't gonna try it then. Back to the sorority house. So then I came to in in March. That's when I was really I had been following follower the whole the founder the whole time. I'd been you know seeing what she did every single day, and that's when I started to sort of implement it because I'd been following her for a year. I knew how she lived.
5: Sorry, third, third element I want to mention is that this founder happens to be a registered dietitian. So you were following a credible, quote, you know, health professional. You read the actual book and you followed her online. Somebody who I've learned now because I've never followed her lives it day in and day out. And apparently what I've learned from you and everybody is that you followed what she did and it was different from the book. So I guess my question to kind of keep it relevant to all diets and all people that are health professionals or not, what have you learned about getting health information from anybody online and yeah. following what somebody else does, whether they're a dietitian or not?
2: So I don't blame myself or any young woman or any woman for that matter for following what this woman did on social media because it was perfectly marketed i'm a marketer by day and i know how to do this and she did it perfectly but that doesn't mean that she didn't damage a few people in the process and that Marketing was exceptional. I have a perfect, exceptional, glamorous life. And by eating this way, it demonstrates who I am and the rest of my life. This is how I do it every single day. You can do this and have what I have. And when you're a young, ambitious woman in college and the diet says you can drink on it, it doesn't seem like there's anything more perfect you really feel empowered by the fact that you could lose weight in college while also maintaining a social life and also chasing after a glamorous life too. I was under that spell, obviously. But I do think there is a specific like choice to do that and to get these young college-age women invested in this diet. And that like marketing choice, I think, exploits these women who are really, really vulnerable and like i said you have to be thin to be valuable and she was pushing into that by telling us like you have to be thin to be valuable and here's how i'm going to show you how to do it and that was really hard what i've learned about taking diet advice from people on social media is that obviously you have to do your own research whatever like but just like follow people who make you feel good instead of people who make you feel guilty And that's what matters to me. I mean, I love getting tips and advice and fun recipes from people online. So I'm not going to say nobody should ever have nutrition advice online. I think that's horrible. I didn't have access to nutrition education for much of my life. And I don't think I would have learned anything that I learned if not for Instagram. But everyone has to have this realization that dieting, calorie counting, etc., is not the way to live for themselves like you can't just tell somebody like oh your weight doesn't matter like no one is ever going to believe that because of like the constraints that we live in when my friends were telling me that i felt like they just didn't understand the world i was living in so unfortunately i think like having this advice on social media can exacerbate a lot of issues especially at a time when we're locked inside but it also has a lot of good and a lot of educational opportunities and a lot of opportunities for community. And that's what matters most to me. But like I said, it's a journey every person has to go through on their own. And I also don't blame anyone who's going through this like need to diet and want to lose weight because that's the way this society is set up, unfortunately. And hopefully everyone can get out of that diet culture and I hope it can be abolished. It's not something to blame yourself for.
4: I think that's one of our goals here with the podcast is to strip away that skinny equals success and skinny equals this perfect life that you've always wanted. And on your Instagram bio, you have, you're too smart to be on a diet.
2: What is your online presence goal? I've only had this amount of followers for a month now. And it's been a little overwhelming because this was like my little like wellness account that I just like had like 200 followers. And I just like had there because I wanted to like, quote, hold myself accountable, whatever. I felt like, to be honest with you, talking about dieting and wellness online is extremely privileged and kind of tone deaf in a time when this world is so messed up. When people found out that I had this account, I was really scared because I've, I studied political science in college. Like I'm from St. Louis where the birth of the Black Lives Matter movement was, and I feel very called to focus on social justice and racial equity. While it's not like the sense of my job right now. like I'm not lucky enough to be able to work at a nonprofit or on a campaign or something like that. I do work at a company where there's a lot of influence. So hopefully I can make a change in um, racial equity there. But when this account sort of came out, I had to figure out if that was in line with what I feel my life's purpose is, which is to uplift Black women. And that I'm still figuring it out, but I do think that my day-to-day attempt to be vulnerable in my diet culture exodus is hopefully what helps people. But more so, I hope that bringing awareness to a lot of the disparities with food and race will be what my account can really help the world with. For example, eating disorders in Black teens are, black teens are 50% more likely to exhibit eating disorder symptoms, but way less likely to be treated or diagnosed for them. And that is a big problem. And it, it makes sense. It's a, it's a horrible problem. So that's one thing I want to bring awareness to. The other is just the way food and race are so deeply intertwined and no one wants to talk about that. So that's one thing I also want to do. Most of my following is white women so I really do hope that by following me they can learn something about race. Right now. Yeah right now yeah (laughs) learn something about race but also learn something about how they don't need to apologize for what they look like.
5: I've learned so much from your account and I really look forward to going there because you're so thoughtful with your content and really aligned clearly to like what how you just described what you want to do is exactly what you do. I mean every piece of content that you put up has an element of whatever the opposite of tone deaf is. And you also present it in a way that makes people listen. If you choose to run for office, you got my vote, that's for sure. Like, that's why I really wanted to have you on. It's very clear that you're going to do really big things for the world. I have a hunch that wellness Alexis will become Alexis Barber. Yeah. And just for, for some context, Amy, the reason Alexis got all the quote unquote followers was because the founder of the diet that she was on called her because she spoke up about what happened. And while the conversation was a private conversation between the The two of them, the founder went on her Instagram live with over 100,000 followers and told the story of their conversation, mentioning Alexis's name. And therefore, all of a sudden, Alexis's phone like blew up with followers
2: on my first day of work.
5: Yeah. And she also very much like manipulated the story and said, you know, no girl should follow what I do on social media. Meanwhile, this is what she was doing. So (laughs) it was an explosion to figure out what to do with all these followers. And yet you didn't miss a beat in using the time very wisely to show up.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
5: And
4: just before we wrap, to encourage people to go to your page and follow, because I do think you're going to make an amazing impact on so many people from all different walks of life, but there was a post you put up where you're talking about a trip to the beach with some friends. I encourage people to go check out the whole post, but you were talking about being in a swimsuit on the beach or bikini with friends. And you said, "'If I found myself judging someone or myself, "'I immediately switched the thought to one of kindness, "'from initially judging what someone else looked like "'on the beach to a radical compliment.'" What is that swimsuit? To, okay, girl, I see you killing it in that plaid look. And for myself, switching from my roles are really gross to who cares about these roles that are protecting my body? I am enjoying life. I just want to make sure people know the kind of content they're going to get from you. Yes, is to second what Lisa said, it's very thoughtful. And I am also encouraged by your posts. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And we look forward to checking in with you again later so when cuz i i know there's more to come when you said too look at who you're following how does it make you feel what kind of person are you becoming after you look at somebody's post? And it honestly, sometimes too, and you you can back me up on this, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. It just means it's maybe not a good follow for you.
5: There's a difference between education and fear-mongering and it's an important distinction for somebody to empower their audience to try this recipe, try this new grain, try this new, let's even make it like, you know, eat this recipe, look like me. Try this potion, look like me. And the I think everybody just needs to kind of be on the lookout for those little seeds of am I eating this to be more like that person or am I eating this or trying this to be the best version of me? Mm-hmm. And everything we do in health and wellness, the true reason brought down is it should bring out the best versions of us, not the stripped versions of us that we can't even recognize.
2: Exactly. I think it beforehand, I like I said, I was trying to be this version of perfection that society wanted out of me in both my you know external accolades and also my external appearance but now it's like even in my job and in my my everything that i'm trying to do it's trying to be the best version and the person who i want to be I don't think that I knew that I could be anything other than what the world was telling me I had to. And until I recognized that, like it was all really up to me, and it was all really in my hands, and I had—I think that comes with a lot of privilege. I will say, like I couldn't be doing anything I'm doing if I didn't have stable income and a job, and you know, as a supportive parents and friends. But I, most importantly, like once you recognize that this is all for bettering you, and it's okay to feel good instead of restricting. then I think the world will become a little bit more hopeful for you.
4: Yeah, you'll be that reminder to so many girls. You're only 21 <laughs> years old. You have such an amazing life ahead, but to know, focusing on what's really important. I think of how I spent my 20s and it was certainly not where you are. And even the damage, I mean, I've been on air as a, people have been hearing my voice for 15 years. And there, there's so much that I wish I could go back and erase mm-hmm. because I was a contributing voice too a lot of what now I would never say and I think that's because too what following people like you and Lisa and what we can do for each other there's a level of accountability too it's easy to slip into certain things and maybe not even realize it but to have thoughtful smart people that are well with you i feel like light years ahead of where i was i wish at 21 i had someone like you and like lisa so i just know to so many women and and even men like you're you're an inspiration
5: you are thank you thanks for coming on
2: of course thank you again for having me i really i loved this conversation
5: and it's at wellness alexis for now
2: for now yeah (laughs) i've been trying to figure out if i should change it because
5: we'll see we all grow and we as we grow we take off the layers and wherever you go we'll follow so whatever that turns to we're here for
2: thank you
0: Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with smart metabolic burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.